Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell Clater. And this is Jonah Trebowasser. And welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, sponsored by local Rotarians, your friends dedicated to service. Each week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. People sharing ways to improve your life. And Jonah, we have a very important show today. Um, Our very special guest is the Dutchess County Department of Behavioral and Community Health Commissioner, Dr. Anil Wydian. Welcome, doctor, to our show. We're going to be talking, focusing today on corona and what the symptoms are, how to manage it, what to do, the who, what, when, and where. Um, It's going to be a lot of information, a lot of important information, and kind of demystify and just stick to the facts. So um, welcome, doctor, again. Thank you for joining us. I know your time is so limited these days, but let's just jump in and find out. Please explain exactly what COVID-19 is. Thank you for having me. Good morning, everyone. Uh, So COVID-19 is the disease state. The the cause of COVID-19 is a virus. uh, It's a coronavirus, and it's called SARS-CoV-2. Now, coronaviruses are very common, uh, you know, in the human population and in mammals. Uh, And people have to realize that in any given year, you know, probably 20% or more of of the common head colds that you have is caused by human coronavirus. Uh, The reason why this is of special importance is that this is a cause of a worldwide pandemic. Now, uh, a fancy name phylogenetically or the family tree that it belongs to include the SARS virus and the MERS virus. And people have heard of these in the past, and they came on to the the human population, caused a lot of disease very quickly, and then it disappeared. But what is special about this is when it was discovered in Hubei province in China, and it was related to uh, pneumonias that was there, there was a very, uh, very quick appreciation by public health that this had a potential to cause a pandemic. Because number one, individuals in society and in the world has never seen this virus before. And so their bodies, their immune systems were not prepared. And so you had a susceptible global population And the second thing that was made it very uh, easy to have a pandemic is that this virus was very infectious. And so uh, person-person transmission was very uh, easy. Uh, Unlike SARS or MERS, where most of the transmission occurred well into the clinical course when people were in the hospital, this virus within the first couple of days after being exposed, you could give it to somebody else. Doctor, so let me ask you, that's I'm sorry. what the coronavirus is. Well, Doc, let me ask you a question. You know, you see on the TV or in the newspapers uh, a pictorial de- uh, description of the coronavirus, and it looks like something out of a science picture, fiction picture, an angry red planet with little red well, spikes. Well, it is science. Yeah, yeah. But science, it, science looks, it looks like something out of Star Wars with the red spikes. Is that an artist's conception, or is that really an electron microscope uh, depiction of what we're actually dealing with? 
it's actually quite close. So if you go into uh, the electron micrographs, you see a viral capsid with spikes all over it. And those spikes form sort of like a crown and that's therefore a coronavirus. And so, and those spike proteins are very also important as it relates to the vaccine. Okay, so now how do people get it? How do people get uh, the coronavirus? What do we have to watch out for? I will tell you, in the very beginning, the first couple of months, you know, there was a lot of things that we did not know. Um, uh, Very quickly, it was understood that person-to-person interaction was needed. So the question was, is it droplet nuclei, airborne? What are the modes of transmission? But we know that certain activities transmit the virus much more efficiently. So basically what it comes down to is people need to be together in close proximity for a period of time. And just the normal interaction of talking can cause the virus as we're talking, as we're coughing, as we're sneezing, to come out and the person next to us in proximity breathes or gets the virus on their mucosa, the eyes, ears, nose, throat. So, so um, Dr. Whiteian, the that, it, that brings us to the importance of masks and why this is such an amazing, simple, but amazing preventative. So I think you explained why it's important. Um, the what what are other basic things that people can do like just give us the hit, the hits what sure. can we do as individuals because you you have to go out of the house sometimes sure I mean, pe- uh, people you know you need to get pump your gas you need to go to the grocery store maybe pick up medications not everybody delivers certainly where i am i'm in the middle of uh there are more cows than people where i live um and so what do you do So you struck upon the number one intervention in terms of prevention. Very early on, you know, when we realized this was sort of respiratory droplet, you know, logically it made sense that masks should be protective. But sometimes there's a lag in the medical community. We want data. We want proof. And so, again, I could tell you without any doubt at this time that masks are one of the most effective ways of preventing transmission of COVID-19. Now, Doctor, when so, you say, I'm sorry, go ahead. Please so go ahead. When I talked about how people transmit it, they have to interact. So anything that sort of disrupts that interaction, that face-to-face interaction, obviously can disrupt transmission. So if you space people out further than say very close interaction, that is protective. If people, you know, wear a mask, if they're coughing, they're coughing into a mask and it limits the number or the particles that will be released into the air, into the environment near that interaction. If the person you're speaking to is wearing a mask, that's also additionally protective. And we're going to find out more about the kind of masks you should be wearing to avoid coronavirus uh, right after Sarah O'Connell Clater tells us who keeps Radio Rotary healthy this week by sponsoring our program. Well, Jonah, 
Radio Rotary is sponsored by Salisbury Bank and Riverside Bank, Absolute Auction and Realty, Third Eye Associates, and our newest sponsor, Hudson Valley Housing. Also, the featured Rotary Clubs of Brewster, Carmel, Clarkstown, Goshen Highland, Hyde Park, Kingston, Liberty, Millbrook, Nanuet, Greater Newburgh, and New City, New York. I'll be back with more of Radio Rotary right after these important messages, so stay tuned. Hi, this is Sue Doyle of Absolute Auction and Realty. Back in 1946, we began serving the auction and appraisal needs of the Hudson Valley. Today, our clientele spans the globe, but we still consider each person we meet to be an important member of our AAR family. From specialty collections to real estate, antique and estate to vehicles, we auction it all for people just like you. Whether you're a seasoned auction enthusiast or a novice, our website, aarauctions.com, is packed with tips and examples designed to make your buying and selling experiences the best they can be. So enjoy your visit to AAR Auctions. Tell your friends about us and please come back often. That's AARauctions.com. We all move on a mental wellness scale. We can become depressed or anxious, or we can overuse drugs and alcohol when we're in a stressful situation. Stress will move us on a scale of mental wellness in a negative way. These times we are living in can certainly cause us all stress. This is Andrew O'Grady, CEO at Mental Health America of Dutchess County. We here at MHA want everyone to know that if you find yourself struggling lately with your mental wellness, MHA has a wide array of support, treatment, and referral services. Our service are of no cost to you and we are always happy to help in any way we can. A few thoughts to live by. Be kind to one another and check in on your friends, families, and neighbors. While you are checking in on others, please know that if you need guidance or professional help, MHA of Dutchess County is always here for you. We can be reached at 473-2500 or visit us on their web at mhaduchess.org. That's mhaduchess.org. Hi, this is Tony Marmo from Norman Staffing, and we've been bringing together employers and job seekers since 1980. If you're an employer and have job vacancies, let Norman Staffing help fill them with permanent or temporary workers. We screen, interview, and recommend the best candidates for your company. We make the employment process easier and faster for you. Please call Norman Staffing for your employment needs at 338-9111 or normanstaffing.com. Not all superheroes wear capes. Most wear jeans or sweaters or suits, just like ordinary people, because that's what they are. They are the 1.2 million members of Rotary, men and women whose superpowers are the capacity to care and the desire to make the world better. So the next time you need a superhero, don't look in the sky, look in the mirror. Learn more at rotary.org. Rotary, humanity in motion. Hello, this is Sarah O'Connell Clater. Welcome back to this segment of Radio Rotary. I am joined by my co-host, Jonah Tree Boisser, by the magic of Zoom. Thank goodness for Zoom. Last segment, we were discussing um, ways, what COVID is exactly, and the ways to prevent it. Um, we, we really hit it hard about the masks, the social distancing, the masks. Um, we, we've been told and told we all need to wash our hands constantly. 
currently. Um, and that the, the whole thing about masks is so important, doctor. So just kind of hit on that again. And then we're going to go into where you can get them and what the follow-up is. What kind of mask should you be wearing? Because I've seen people with like pieces of, you know, cocktail napkins on basically for lack, I'm exaggerating, but not by much, you know, something that obviously I, I, I don't think that that's a preventative, but you're the expert. So uh, I can stress uh, the importance of mask and, you know, the, the type of mask that you choose should be sort of commensurate with the type of activity that you're engaging in. So there is value in going from a cloth surgical mask all the way to an N95 mask, which has multiple plies and really does a great job in filtering. For instance, if I'm just in the office and I am socially distancing in my room, I don't wear a mask. If I'm in the hallways going and walking past people, I'm wearing something that's close to a surgical mask or a cloth mask. Uh, when I'm out and about uh, going to the grocery store or whatever, I'm wearing a mask that typically has multiple plies. Uh, cloth as well as probably polyester or whatever. Well, now, also when you're out, I just want to ask a question. Some people are also wearing uh, gloves, medical gloves, the disposable single use. Um, is that a good idea as well? Is that helpful or, you know, what happens? All protective equipment, if used properly, is useful. But if you're wearing a glove and you're wearing it for like hours, Okay, you're touching your face, you're touching multiple things. So the value of that glove goes down. If I'm in a setting where I'm going to pick up something dirty, I put on gloves, pick up something dirty, and then dispose of those gloves, I've used those gloves appropriately. So if you're like wearing a pair of gloves for the whole day, I think it defeats the value of those gloves. If you're wearing those gloves to do a particular task, then you take it off and wash and do hand hygiene, you've used it appropriately. Well, doctor, on the subject of masks, uh, we're starting to hear that uh, some people are recommending wearing two masks at the same time, one over the other. Is that something you feel is necessary? Good question. So, again, I, I can't comment uh, in terms of how effective that would be, but two masks are basically multiple plies. And so, uh, again, a cloth mask with a surgical mask, they're saying is 91% effective, where if you wore an N95, uh, you know, it. it would probably, that's all you probably need to do. But the problem with something like N95 is, you know, people who have access, medical personnel, they go through a process called fit testing, where they, use the appropriate size and type of mask for your face. If you wear an N95 and it doesn't seal properly or you're not using it properly, its effectiveness goes down and how protective it, it is to you goes down. So you should use a mask that is comfortable, fits right, and hopefully, you know, if you have a mask that's cloth and has multiple plies or layers, it's also uh, a better uh, mask. 
Now, Doc, you use the term social distancing, and you know we've heard a lot about this, but why don't we get it uh, from a medical professional such as yourself? What do we mean by that, and what kind of distances are we talking about? Sure. And again, there is no one secret number that we uh, rely on. We know from from uh, from observational trials and and that with respiratory droplets, CDC, the, we've all seen the videos of when somebody sneezes, how far the droplets go. And so the CDC has put together guidance that, again, six feet is a normal distance to keep if you're worried about a pathogens that's spread by a respiratory droplet. Well, six feet may not be appropriate if you were members in a choir, because we know that people who sing can aerosolize the virus in a much more efficient way, and it probably travels further. So it, it's all a range. And so if basically what you're doing is if you're not sick, if you're not coughing, and all you're doing is interacting, uh, six feet distance is reasonable. Is it absolute? No. If you're singing, more distance is probably required. So again, social distancing is a means of trying to avoid that close interaction where a transmission event can occur. Doctor, what are the symptoms uh, of coronavirus? Uh, just in case, you know, even with the, all your uh, social distancing and wearing the mask and everything else, suddenly you come down with the sniffles of a cough. Is this a reason to panic or are there specific symptoms you should watch out for? Sure. Uh, so again, this is a respiratory virus and the vast majority of people may not have any symptoms at all. Uh, you know, there are people who get viral infections and because of their makeup, their genetics, their immunity may not have any symptoms and they may just have minimal symptoms at all. And so individuals with coronavirus can develop, you know, things that seem like a, a head cold, but again, Significant illness is when you have things like cough, shortness of breath, severe respiratory uh, symptoms, which may warrant you going to uh, the hospital or your doctor to seek medical care. So it's a spectrum from asymptomatic disease all the way to disease where you're severely short of breath, coughing, and need to be in a hospital setting. A very elusive virus um, and, and back to very elusive and, and, and not a ton understood, I guess, that we're treating the symptoms, trying to prevent it, nip it in the bud um, by wearing masks. I did just want to throw out there that Rotary locally, we've hit the hit the ground with distributing over two, I think it's two million, Jonah, yeah, two, million two million masks in our yeah. local community. Um, so if there's any organization um, that needs or individuals, frankly, you can contact your local Rotary Club um, and we'll be able to get you the masks that um, the great uh, doctor here from the Dutchess County um, uh, Department of Community Health, the commissioner, Dr. Wydian, um, has described. And Jonah? I'm throwing it back to you because we need to take a break. We do. And we'll be back with more of our terrific guest, Dr. Neil Whiting of the Dutchess County Department of Behavioral and Community Health, right after these important messages. So stay tuned. 
Salisbury Bank and Trust Company offers personal and business banking, residential mortgages, commercial lending, and trust and wealth management services. With 14 locations throughout the tri-state region, in Dutchess, Orange, and Ulster counties, the northwest corner of Connecticut, and southern Berkshire County, Massachusetts, which includes our Riverside Division offices in Poughkeepsie, Red Oaks Mill, Fishkill, New Paltz, and Newburgh. Salisbury Bank is your local bank in your community, making local decisions and delivering the highest quality of customer service. Salisbury Bank is your local bank for all of your personal business and wealth management needs. Visit them at SalisburyBank.com. That's SalisburyBank.com. Salisbury Bank and Trust, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Salisbury Bank, enriching. Hi, this is Beth Jones of Third Eye Associates Limited, providing life planning, financial transition planning, and wealth management strategies to help you integrate your life and your money. We are a fee-only registered investment advisory firm with offices in New York City, Washington, D.C., and Red Hook, New York. Contact us to see how you can put Third Eye to work for you. ThirdEyeAssociates.com or call us at 845-752-2216. I may never have met you. We don't go way back. Maybe we wouldn't even be friends if we did. But when you wear a mask, you have my respect. Because your mask doesn't protect you, it protects me. I wear my mask to protect you. Be New York tough. Mask up, America. Hello, this is Sarah O'Connell Clater, and we are back with the final segment of this edition of Radio Rotary, where we have been chatting about the pandemic, COVID, um, the virus, how to prevent it, um, protect yourself, your family, your friends, what to do um, if you think that you have been exposed or you yourself have contracted it, some contact information. Um, And our expert guest is from the Dutchess County Department of Behavioral and Community Health. He is the commissioner, Dr. Anna Whiteian. So welcome back, Dr. Whiteian. And let's just recap. Uh, that we have the virus, everybody knows it's around. We're all trying to do the best we can to prevent it. We talked about masks, social distancing. We've been talking about what to do, how to protect ourselves, how to protect our friends and neighbors. Um, We're gonna throw out there some more contact information. Um, And Dr. Whiteian, who is the expert, is gonna fill us in. Welcome back, Dr. Whiteian. Thank you for having me. So, doctor, we, 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 we're now up to the point where vaccines are out. Um, there's uh, two out in general circulation. Uh, w- when we tape this uh, uh, show, there's another one being announced. There's one from Johnson & Johnson that's coming down the pike, apparently. Uh, not in great supply. You know, it, people want them. More people want them than can get them. But tell us about the vaccines and tell us uh, what kind of hope this brings, uh, not just people locally, but around the world. Sure. And so the, the whole rationale for vaccine is something called herd immunity. Um, if this virus basically has uh, affected less than 20% of the population uh, in the United States, and that has resulted in over 430,000 deaths and numerous admissions and long-term complications for thousands of individuals. And so if this plays out, if natural infection plays out, 
you need up to 80% or maybe higher uh, of this population of the U.S. coming down with COVID to, to get natural immunity. And we don't even know if natural immunity is long lasting. And just think about the, the, the death toll. It's going to be well over 1.5 million uh, individuals who may succumb to this virus if it plays out that way. Now we have a vaccine. And if we're able to vaccinate, you know, 80% or, or higher percentage of our population, we can change the arc of this pandemic and we could return to some degree of normalcy in this country. And so that is why these vaccines are the greatest hope. Okay, so what what exactly, before you get to the vaccine, um, you where do people go to get information um, about how to access the vaccine? I mean, do you start with your doctor? Are you going online? What's the drill? I, I think if you go to the New York State site, uh, again, I, I don't have the, the specific URL right in front of me. Um, uh, well, it's but, easily Googled. Yes. Uh, and basically, some of the things, it, it talks about your eligibility. It talks and will link you to the, the large state-run pods or vaccine centers that they're having. The other way is to go to your local county health department website. If you go to duchessny.gov, if you're a Dutchess County resident uh, and go to the COVID page and go down to vaccination, it tells you uh, all the information you need in terms of the links that you can go to sign up. Well, I have a quick question. So you're trying to sign up. Um, Are you required, do you have to stay in the county in the state where you live? in order to receive the vaccine? Currently, you, currently, no, currently signing up, it, the, the vaccine it should be free, it should be equitable. And just because we have given vaccine to non-Dutchess County residents because it is not Dutchess County vaccine. This is a vaccine of the federal government. It's given to us, we have to give it free and we have to give it to everyone that's eligible regardless of where they live. You know, doctor, when this uh, whole whole thing started back uh, last February, March, uh, there was shortages of masks, there was a shortage of hand sanitizer, there was even a shortage of toilet paper. And now that if you go into your local grocery store, there's plenty of all that. Uh, do you see a day when there's going to be plenty of vaccine and, and uh, you know, we, we do uh, can get everyone can get the shot who wants it? And uh, when do you think that day will be? So, again, the. The government did mention of their plans to have a certain number. I think that the number was 100 million within the first quarter. Uh, and, and some of that distribution uh, is lacking and slow. But nonetheless, I think there is critical mass, especially now that, again, production of the vaccine has to increase and there has to be a greater distribution. And so while there is not enough supply to meet demand at this point. Over the next two to three months, I expect that 
that supply and demand to start matching each other. Well, that's the that's the hope from your lips to God's ears, isn't it? Especially with the, is it Johnson and Johnson bring, uh, developing another one that's that's kind of in the pipeline. So if, another question that people want to know, besides where they can get it, how they can sign up, who's eligible, is do you have an opinion on is one vaccine the Pfizer or the Moderna? Um, uh, which one is superior if there is a superior one? Okay. My advice to individuals, if you could get a vaccine, you should get the vaccine that's, that is, is available. Is available. Okay. Because in terms of effectiveness, if you look at the Pfizer and the Moderna platforms, they're both the same technology. It uses mRNA and both of them uh, were studied in 30,000 or more individuals in these respective clinical so trials. So you, because we have, our time is so limited, another quick question. If you get the visor, do you have to stick with the visor or do you have a more, okay. So you Yes, you cannot mix stay, and match. If you get visor, you, you gotcha. get two doses of Pfizer and vice versa. Oh my goodness. There's so much information here. I hope we've answered uh, some of the questions, Jonah. Absolutely. And doctor, in the minute we have left, let everybody know why it's important to wear that mask, socially distance and take the vaccine when it's uh, available. So my take on point is this, you know, pandemic will continue. We've gone through a year, just like H1N1, it is so, you know, which is still circulating more than a decade later. This, this virus will continue to circulate in a susceptible population. So it's critical that, again, as people are becoming vaccinated, that we do, do not forget everything that has been protective to date, which is mask wearing, social distancing, hand and respiratory hygiene, not congregating and engaging activities where it brings a lot of people together. So these are some of the things that will continue to serve us well in protecting us and our community. Dr. Anel Whiteian of the Dutchess County Department of Behavioral and Community Health. Mr. Commissioner, thank you for everything you do to keep the people of the Hudson Valley healthy. And thanks for joining us today on Radio Rotary. And Sarah O'Connell Clater, who do we have to thank for sponsoring Radio Rotary this week? Well, Jonah, Radio Rotary is sponsored by Mental Health America of Dutchess County, the Mark Foundation, Norman Staffing, and our newest sponsor, Hudson Valley Housing. Also by the featured Rotary Clubs of New Paltz, Patterson, Pearl River, Philmont, Pleasant Valley, Poughkeepsie, Arlington, Ramapo Valley, Red Hook, Rhinebeck, Southern Ulster, Suffering, Wallkill East, Wappinger Falls, and Warwick Valley, New York. For the entire Radio Rotary team, my co-host Sarah O'Connell Clater, our producer Kathy Kruger, and our production director Randy Turner, this is Jonah Trebowasa thanking you for tuning in and inviting you to join us again next week at this very same time for another edition of Radio Rotary. And don't forget our website, RadioRotary.org. 